Yeah, I wanted to just uh, briefly introduce our last speaker. To some of you, she doesn't need any introduction. Others of you don't know Amy Knowles. Uh, Amy was never actually a student in our ministry, but um, you know, she came and early on in our ministry, we had sort of a, a patron saint who paid for everything. And, uh, and Amy, after graduating college up in Oklahoma, came and was working for him. And so then I think he just kind of paid her to be in focus for a while and um, because he wanted to see her come to know Jesus, and she did. And, um, and she's just been an amazing leader for a lot of years. I, I talked yesterday about Brad and kind of starting Colin. Amy was the one that we sent to sort of keep an eye on Brad as he started Colin. Uh, that was necessary. He did mention going to jail yesterday. Um, and, uh, and then... Uh, the same kind of when we went up to, to UNT, she was willing to kind of drive up and, and help us launch that ministry. And so she's been around and she works on our UTD team now and uh, has just been an amazing friend and, and sister and uh, is a very talented communicator. And so I'm excited to hear from her. She's going to be talking about just the, the whole idea of truth and lies from First John, our last stop this weekend. So let me say a prayer for her. Uh, God, I want to pray for Amy, just that you uh, fill her with your spirit, uh, fill her heart with your word, and that that would be what would flow forth, and that we would really be ministered to today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, am I on? Is that good? Okay, well, thank you, Brandon, for making me sound better than I am start off. Uh, hopefully, I know it's Monday morning and everybody stayed up late at a dance party or at trivia or at a bonfire. So hopefully, I can keep you awake the next few minutes before we go. Um, yeah, so I'm Amy. For those that don't know me, if you've seen or been you know, blessed by the wild pack of children, two of those are mine. Um, and I, I say this every time, but they love being here with you. Um, they look forward to this all year. Uh, they wouldn't miss it. They love getting to praise God with you. Um, I'm just ridiculously thankful that they have like, you know, 500 people to look up to that love Jesus and are excited about Jesus. And that's, you know, who my kids are like, hey, I wanna be these people, you know? So just thank you for being that for our family. A couple months ago, we had a bunch of stuff happen uh, with my family, um, my mother, my aunt. We just had, there was some health issues, and I kind of had to pull back from focus. And I just, there was that moment where I thought, I'm not going to get to come to winter retreat this year. And that was really hard. Because you guys are my community and my family, and I really do love getting to be here with you. You encourage me, you inspire me. Um, but God is good, <laughs> and this weekend has been amazing. And I got to be here, so that's exciting for me. <laughs> um, this morning we're going to talk about lying and the truth. And I, okay, so for slides, here's the thing. I, I'm not good at slides. And so then everyone else made the slides. And then I had the guilt of like, I have to do slides. And then Garrett was like, I'm not doing slides. And I was like, man, I should have stayed firm on the no slides. <laughs> I just, I didn't know. I didn't know Garrett had my back on the no slides. 
Um, so, you know, don't, don't expect a lot from the slides. That's the, the disclaimer. So just for fun, like when, when do you think like we start lying? Any thoughts? Someone said three, someone said what? As a toddler? Yeah, and some people would say like, yeah, as soon as kids can talk, like they figure that out. Um, and obviously it varies on the child, but yeah, I mean, studies kind of show like around two that kids figure that out. But what's so interesting is I was, I was watching this video, this guy kind of explaining, and he was like, so for like a kid to lie, what they realize is, hey, I know something that you don't know. And I can control if you know it or not. That they figure that out, wait a minute, you don't know this, and I can choose to let you continue to not know this, right? I can change the information for you. Which when you think about like the lies you told as a kid, right, they don't seem very sophisticated, right? It's like, oh, my brother did it. Or like, yeah, I washed my hands. But when you think about like what's going on in their little brain and how they've put all that information together and figured out how to control that information, that's actually pretty impressive. When you think of a two-year-old making those connections, like our brain is pretty impressive. God created us to have an amazing brain, so why are we using it for things like lying? I know um, when I was a kid, one of my main motivators for lying was like not wanting to get in trouble, right? <laughs> so I guess I'm like the opposite of Brad. Um, didn't like trouble. And the second motivator would be, I just want to do what I want to do. So like I don't want to do the things I don't want to do. And maybe this is dangerous to confess in front of my children, but when I was a little kid, like I didn't like to take a bath. You know, I was, I was a stinky kid. And, but I was also like, I don't want to be in trouble and I don't want to like fight with my mom about taking a bath. So I, I go, this is, I'm ridiculous. I would like stage this elaborate scene to not take a bath. So I am running the water. I'm like, I'm thinking through all the steps. Okay, the washcloth has to be wet. The soap has to be wet. The towel needs to be a little wet. Like this, like these are all the places water would be in the bathroom. Like, I am not kidding. I would spend more time in there staging a bath than it would have taken to take the bath. This is the commitment I had to the lie of I have taken a bath. And so I would come out, you know, tell my mom I've taken the bath. So what do you think mom does? Smell me, absolutely. Absolutely, lie exposed. I did not smell like soap. So Evan and Madison, don't even try. Don't even try. I remember the first time that I kind of realized one of my children was lying to me. And that's kind of a terrifying thought. Well, maybe it's for me. I like, I was talking with Leah yesterday and it's like your mind like snowballs. You're like, if I don't fix this now, then like obviously my kid is gonna lie about horrendous things and be a pathological liar and like their whole life is just, it's over, I have to fix this, this minute. 
And so my mother-in-law is very, very sweet, and her kids turned out pretty good. So, um, so I ask Aaron's mom, like, you know, for advice. Like, how do, you, how do you talk to your kids about lying? And she was so sweet, and she understood my concern. And she told me about this time when Aaron was like a little kid and he had lied. And so, you know, they sat him down and they talked to him about how serious that was. And Aaron never lied again. (laughs) So Aaron is the only one who doesn't have to listen this morning because he's lived nothing but truth his whole life, his whole life. No, but seriously, like we have those childish lies that give way to more adult lies. And some of them even seem harmless. You know, how are you? Fine. How many times have you said that and that's like the 100% opposite of true? (laughs) But it's also just a really weird Southern, like that's how we say hi. We're like, how are you? You're like, okay, I'm good. Do you really want to know like all the stuff? You don't. Um, But I think most people would agree, right, we shouldn't lie. Like if I was like, take a poll, who thinks like we shouldn't lie? Like most people, right, yeah, most people are getting, people are like, are we really taking a poll? Sure. (laughs) Who thinks we shouldn't lie? Like overall, most people, right? Yeah, in general. But I also think somewhere, or at least in the back of my mind, when I think of the grand scheme of sin and things, I'm like, okay, most lies aren't that bad, right? It's like, it wasn't that bad that I was like, yeah, I'm fine, right? Most lies aren't that bad. Um, Okay, so we've heard a lot of these scriptures from 1 John this weekend already, but I wanted to kind of pull, you know, what does 1 John, you know, what are those scriptures that talk about lying and truth? So our first scripture is 1 John 1, 6. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. 1 John 1, 8 through 10. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, We make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. 1 John 2, 3 through 4. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. 1 John 2, 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. First John 5:20. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. Lying is a big deal to God. 
So I think that's our next slide, maybe? Yeah, there you go. Lying is a big deal to God. I was reading an article online called The Truth About Lying, <laughs> and he took a look at Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, and he was quoting the New King James. But he says, these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift running into evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Seven things, and two of them, two of the things that God detests, two things he says are an abomination, are lies. Proverbs 12.22 tells us the Lord detests lying lips, but delights in those who tell the truth. So it's pretty clear, right? God hates lying because lying is the opposite of God. God is truth. In 1 John 5, 6, it says, this is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit who testifies because the spirit is truth. In John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. Titus 1, 2, that this truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life, which God who does not lie promised them before the world began. He doesn't lie. It is not in his nature. He doesn't speak that language. And we are image bearers of our God. So we are image bearers of truth. In 1 John 1, 5, it says, this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we're lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 2, starting in verse 3. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. The truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So when I claim to be God's, and then I don't practice the truth, I don't obey his commands, right? I'm not loving his people. Then I'm bearing the image of a different father. That father from John 8:42. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. 
for I have come here from God. I've not come on my own, God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Which father will we bear the image of? We just misrepresent God when we don't live in the truth. I dated this guy in high school. He was like Mr. Super Christian. Maybe you've met this person. Um, but you know, just like every adult loved him and thought he was the best. And you know, like clean cut, straight lace, just like the picture of like church boy, right? Um, so I dated him and that was probably one of the hardest relationships I ever had. He was pretty um, controlling. I, I would, maybe it's a stretch, but I would say a little mentally abusive. Um, my family was, you know, my parents were divorced, so he told me, well, there was no hope for my family. They were all going to hell. Um, I, I was not allowed to wear makeup. He told me what clothes I should wear. <laughs> I made a better grade than him on something once, and that was not okay. <laughs> So maybe it's not really a stretch. Like, he's not sounding very good, is he? Um, no, but here's the thing, right? He went to youth group. He went to church. He was a Christian. So how do you think I felt about church and Christians? And from my sophomore year of high school and, like, until I got out of college, I really didn't want anything to do with that. We misrepresent God when we don't live in the truth because we're here to show people who Jesus is, and Jesus is truth. We should live and speak in the truth. I mean, if we go all the way back in 1 John to verse one, where he says, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen, right? We saw him with our eyes. This is an eyewitness account. We are trusting the truth of John's eyewitness account of who Jesus is. Truth is important. I very much believe John lived a life of truth that looked like Jesus. Lying is a big deal because God designed us for community. I mean, you just can't have community, real community, without truth. When I was typing this, A, I was tired, but I typed community. <laughs> and I was like, you know, it's not wrong. We're really focusing on the unity of the situation. But I was like, what's wrong with it? Why is the computer telling me it's wrong? Community. Peter gave this awesome sermon last year at UTD. We had a, like a Ten Commandments series. And he spoke from Exodus 20, verse 16. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. And he kind of explained how, you know, right, most people, we just shorten that to like, don't lie. Like, that's kind of confusing sounding. Here's the gist, don't lie. But that commandment is actually speaking towards like, in a court, 
do not give a false testimony. Do not lie in the court, in the place where we go to for justice and fairness that keeps a community together. Don't lie there, right? Don't destroy community. Because God wants us in community, right? He designed us for community and community building, right? Man being alone is the first thing in Genesis that he says is not good. I mean, God himself, like he is community, right? He has community within himself. And it is a big deal to God when we mess with his community. 1 John 4, starting in 7, says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into this world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So hopefully you didn't miss it, but God really loves us. And I think it really breaks his heart when we don't wanna live in fellowship with him and in loving community with each other. And if we don't live lives of truth, then we aren't living in the light. So we're in the darkness and he can't be a part of that. I tried to imagine, you know, years from now, after <laughs> the way that we have loved and taken care of our children and protected our children and provided for them, if Madison and Evan just came up to me and said, you know what? I don't want to be in your family. I'd rather do what I want to do. So I, don't really, I don't really want to be in your family anymore. And I know that would break my heart. <laughs> and I know that I love like this in comparison to God. So my next thought is that God is truth and love, which means that we can't separate love from the truth. We just read it, right? In 1 John 4, 8, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love and Jesus is truth. So telling the truth, living in the truth is never an excuse to be mean. You know, we have that term brutally honest, right? Honesty is not a weapon, right? The purpose of truth and honesty is never to hurt someone, but that doesn't mean truth doesn't hurt. In Hebrews 4.12, we're told that the word of God is alive and active, 
sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrates to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Right, God's word is truth. And it can definitely hurt to hear that sometimes. But the point of God's word, right, he didn't say, let's get all these scriptures down so that people will hurt later. No, he's like, so that you will know me, so that you will know love, so that you will know truth. I want them to know me. Truth-telling is important to God. He uses it as a way that we can help each other look more like God, right? Iron sharpening iron, we speak truth into each other's lives. I remember when I first, I used to teach middle school theater uh, because I'm a person who has no patience and I don't know why that was a good choice for me. But my first year was so hard, so hard. I was drowning, parents were crazy. I had no idea really what I was doing and I was just negative and bitter and my attitude was terrible. And anytime anyone talked to me, I was just like, let me tell you about my bitter life. And I don't even remember much about the situation, but I do very much remember Brandon sitting me down and saying, no, no, no. This does not represent our God. Like this, this attitude that you have, that doesn't look like our God. Recently, um, Ronnie and Mandy and Tana and Aaron, basically like everyone in my life, <laughs> um, really had to speak truth into a situation because I was just drowning. I really believed that I was doing something that was best for my family, but I wasn't. I just believed this lie that I was loving them when all I was really doing was enabling them. And all of these amazing people at different times sat across a table and looked me in the eye and spoke God's truth into that situation and got me out. And it was painful. You can tell I'm a crier. I cried a lot. It was painful, but it was good. It's like surgery to fix the thing that is wrong. Surgery is painful, but the result is good. Ephesians 4 is just um, amazing. I wanted to like spend so much time on this, but I'm just gonna hit uh, some highlights here. Verse 14 says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful schemings. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become more in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. Okay, did you hear that, right? Knowing the truth, speaking the truth in love, because we can't separate the two, and that that is going to help us grow. Skipping down to verse 20. That, however, 
is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we're all members of one body. <laughs> Do you hear it right? Again, we're knowing the truth. We're knowing Jesus. We're getting rid of deceitful desires. We're putting on this new self that is living in the light. And as a result of that, we are speaking truth. Finally, picking up in verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ and just as in Christ, God forgave you. Truth and love go together, <laughs> right? It is a tool we have to help build each other up. So am I using that tool, honesty, truth, to build people up? Or can I, in the name of honesty, just kind of use that as an excuse to say what I wanna say? This is really random, but this was like the first thing that popped into my head. So rabbit trail with me here. Do y'all remember the, the children's book, Go Dog Go? Anyone? Yes. So, but then the next part I'm gonna bring up, everyone's like, no, I don't remember that at all. But it's just a simple children's book, like blue dog and the red tree, these cars, you know, these dogs and cars go. This, very simple. And then there's an interaction. There's like two dogs that come together and they're like, hello, hello. Do you like my hat? I do not like your hat. Goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> okay. And so then you're back to like red dog, blue tree, you know, da, 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 da. And then here we come again. Hello again. Hello. Do you like my hat? No, I do not like your hat. Goodbye again. Goodbye. Like this is, they have like three or four of these over the course of this little kid's book. And it is really just like, no, I don't like your stuff which I realize that's like a very like dialed down version, but you're like, be kind. You know, yeah, is it truthful? Do you hate that hat? Maybe so. That, that, yes. But do you have to be like in your face about not liking their hat? I don't know. Uh, but that was like the thought. I was just like, hello, yeah, I don't like that. Like, <laughs> okay. There's no interaction, but like a mean truth. Um, no, but we talk about this passage a lot in Guide to Decide with Couples because in a close relationship, right, there's going to be things that like rub you the wrong way or things that bother you and you need to be able to talk about those things in truth and love to help build them up, right? So not every little thing may be a conversation, fix this, fix this, fix this, fix this, fix this. No, it's got to be helpful for building them up. Can they fix 20 things at a time? Can you fix 20 things at a time? No. Uh, it reminds me of another, yeah, teaching middle school, and I would have to, like, teach them the rules those first couple days of school, and that's, like, super boring. 
So I'm like, I'm a theater teacher. I'm so smart. I'm going to have them like act out the rules because that's a lot more fun. But so then I was like, so what we're going to do is I loved the Animaniacs a lot growing up. And so they had that like good idea, bad idea. I don't know if you remember that. They're like, you know, good idea playing basketball with grandma. And it's like, they're playing basketball. I'm like, bad idea, playing basketball with grandma. And she's like, the ball. And they're like throwing her. So I was like, this is how we're doing the rules. Good idea, bad idea. And it's like, you know, good idea. Like, this is the way that we should do the situation. You know, you're working in a group. Someone gives a really bad idea. And how do you, how do you handle that? What's the good idea? You know, oh, like, that's interesting. Okay, like, do we have other ideas? You know, I don't know if that, that's the idea for our group. You know, you're trying to teach them, like, the language to do that. And then, you know, then they get, have so much fun with the bad idea. They're like, worst idea ever. You're terrible. I hate that idea. And everyone's like, oh. But then they're, like, happy they got to say those things. Um, but, yeah, like, you can speak the truth. You can tell, tell people hard things. But you can't separate truth from love. So our next, my next thought is lying is a big deal in relationships. So why don't you just take a second and think about your best relationships, your closest people, and think about how would you describe them? Think about what makes you feel loved by them. So for me, my husband Aaron is faithful, and he stands by me through all of the emotions, all the ups and downs. My friend Tana will point me to Jesus in good times and bad times in every conversation we have. My friend Leah is an amazing listener and she has always wanted to know the real me. My friend Ronnie will say the hardest things that I need to hear. My friend Mandy pushes me to see myself more like Jesus does. And my kids love me just because. And I think those have one thing, at least for me, in common, or two things, right? There's love there, and there's trust there. All of these relationships I have are possible because I've been truthful with them, and they really know me. And they have shown me love and are willing to be truthful with me. There's trust there. And relationships need trust to function. You can't have trust without truth and love. Lying just destroys relationships. Is there anyone here that would disagree with that? <laughs> Lying destroys relationships. You know, the thief comes to steal and destroy. Right, that thief is that same father of lies. Those lies come to steal and destroy. Lies isolate. And I think it can be tricky because sometimes we really are just protecting ourselves and maybe not letting everybody in. And that's hard. It is hard to open up. It's even, it's hard to admit that you don't have the same interests or hobbies or, you know, whatever, as people that you like. It's kind of hard to be like, oh, no, I don't like that. I spent nine months in college pretending I love to do dishes and watch people play cards. 
Who loves that? No one. So how smart were these people, I guess, that they believed that about me? But no, like, there was this guy I liked, and we were kind of dating, and I just wanted to be, like, so cool with everything. Nothing bothered me. Oh, I'm laid back, no emotions. Please. Right? Nine months I did this. Nine months I was like, oh, I'll help, I'll do dishes. Oh, no, you play cards. I love sitting here and watching that. That's great. But it was hard to admit, like, yeah, that's not my thing. Because I really wanted to be in the group. So I know that it's hard. I hit all my real interests. I hit all my real emotions. And then there's sin. It's hard to confess sin, right? <laughs> to sort through all the guilt or shame we feel and want to let somebody into that. But then we have this desire to really be known. And so when we can't really be known, even if we're in a room full of people, we're lonely. And as God's people doing our very best to live in the truth and in love, right, we're supposed to love the way that God loves. And I just want you to know, if you are someone sitting in this room of people that feels lonely, that there are so many people in here that really, really want to know you, all of you. And we can handle that. My next thought is we lie because we believe lies, right? We have to be a truth seeker to be a truth teller. We have to know the truth, right? So that we can speak it and live it out. If we don't know Jesus, we can't act like Jesus, right? This, this feels very, very simple. <laughs> when Rhett talked about coloring book Jesus, if that's who you know, then that's who you can imitate. But that is not true. That is not the true Jesus. And as we've talked about this weekend, the world is going to throw lies about everything at you. Like, you name it, the world wants you to believe something not true about it. From important things like Jesus to like, you know, what brand of soda is best? Or like, I mean, just like ever, they want to just convince you of their thing, forget the truth. Lies about money, beauty, what it takes to be happy, like whatever. I am thankful, like I'm, I'm an oldie, I'm a Gen X. So do you know, like, one of the big things that means? It means I got all the way out of college without social media. Yeah, ooh. Now it's like, they're like, did you write on stone tablets? No. But, yeah, no, no, no social media. Throwing lies at me from people around the world that I don't even know. So I'm thankful, thankful for my oldness in that way. Um, but I love, I love when people get kind of caught in their lies on social media. Do you ever see those posts where it's like the girl and she's all like beautiful and she's standing in this like beautiful yard and she's like, we just redid the landscaping, love it, you know, whatever. And she's like posed and then someone's like, dude, that's the park in my neighborhood. <laughs> like that is not, that's not your backyard. Um, and I love that secretly. I'm like, ha like you got caught. You tried to make all of us feel bad about what our backyards look like, and you, you got caught. 
So, um, but no, we have to weed through that. We have to look at those things and we have to say, is there truth there? Right? And so I have to know that truth. Like, yeah, is this a Jesus thing? What are the lies that you believe? So I think I have, yes, a slide for that. Um, yeah, let's think about what are some of those lies that you, you've bought into that you believe? I'm gonna pray and give you kind of just a, just a minute, like not, not a long time. I hope you can go back and revisit this later, but to really let God speak to you about that. And if you wanna jot down like what comes to mind, if it's, yeah, something you think or a verse or even like somebody maybe that you think you need to talk to, like whatever that looks like. Um, I'm gonna give us just a minute to sit with that. God, you are so good to us. Thank you for being our truth, a constant that we can rely on to love us and love us well. Lord, please open up our hearts to see the lies that we believe and help us to combat those lies with your truth. Open our eyes to the parts of our lives that don't look like you and give us the courage to bring that into the light. I know I gave you like 20 seconds to do that, but I really do hope that you go back and ask some of these questions in your time with God. You know, what truths does he want to use to replace those lies? Early on, um, when Tana and Leah were studying the Bible with me, they you know, encouraged me to write out like a cheat sheet of like, this is kind of a struggle I have or a lie that I believe, and this is the truth from scripture that that combats that. Um, and that was really helpful. So if that idea resonates with you, I encourage you to do something like that. Because I believed and still struggle to believe that I'm good enough. All those low self-esteem issues we talked about in that mental health kind of Q&A the other day, right, they're a lie. The truth is that God loves me and that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I can still struggle to believe that God looks at me and sees anything but a mess. Do you ever feel that way? <laughs> I'm just a mess. But the truth is I am a dearly loved child of God. Every time I mess up, I feel like he's just disappointed. Do you ever feel that? <laughs> like, man, he's just not happy with me. But the truth is that he is ready and waiting, like 
come on, I, I want so bad to like forgive you and give you grace and love. He's not keeping a record of wrongs. So when all is said and done, right, I can lie to myself, I can lie to you, but I can't lie to God. We're, we're getting towards the end. I'm sorry, I see yawns. I apologize. I'll like jump around, be, be more engaging. Um, my children just started watching America's Funniest Home Videos, which apparently <laughs> that show will live forever. It's a part of every generation. But we watched this one and it's like, you know, you see like the parent is coming up the stairs and then it just looks like it has snowed in this room. Like a beanbag chair has exploded and all the little styrofoam bits are just everywhere. And there are two children covered, you know, with the static electricity. We just have to remember in all of our, you know, oh, I'm being sneaky, I'm being subtle, I'm being whatever. To God, we are standing there with cotton candy on our face, right? There is no hiding that from him. As goofy and ridiculous as that image is, that's kind of what we look like when we think God doesn't know what's in our hearts and what we're up to. The praise team, you can, you can come on up. Just a few thoughts as we close. Lies are destructive, right? So don't lie if you missed that. But I also want to say, don't be a Pharisee. It is never about technically doing the minimum and not doing this and doing that. Technically not lying. It's never been about following the rules without love. Rules cannot replace Jesus as Lord. Following rules has never changed people. Following rules will not save people. 
Jesus does. So show people Jesus, right? Be a truth teller. Be an image bearer of truth. And the truth is, our God is a good God. Our God is love. Show people that. If we say we're his, but our life doesn't look like his, then we're lying. Jesus came so that we would have life and have it to the full. And that full life is lived in the light, in fellowship with God and his people. It's a life that builds community and doesn't destroy it. A life that seeks and speaks truth and loves in the truth. I'm going to pray a few verses from Psalm 119. Lord, keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. I've chosen to be faithful. I've determined to live by your regulations. I cling to your laws. Lord, don't let me be put to shame. I will pursue your commands, for you expand my understanding. Teach me your decrees, O Lord, and I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding, and I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with all my heart. Make me walk along the path of your commands, for that is where my happiness is found. Amen.